electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Tonight on CNBC, an economy besieged in a river of turmoil. And Main Street is fighting back. From kitchen table concerns to the CEO moving mountains, master this market with a down-home dive from the Quad Cities you can't afford to miss. Our CNBC special, Inflation USA, starts right now. And welcome to the CNBC special, Inflation USA. Jim Cramer is off tonight. I am Brian Sullivan. And tonight, we have come to the heartland of America, Davenport, Iowa to bring you news and stories that you are not going to hear anywhere else. But before we get to all that, let's get to what was a big market day and your money. Stocks, they powered higher. The Dow up 517 points. The Nasdaq getting the better of it, up 2.7%, with 10 of the 11 major S&P groups in the green, led by consumer companies like home builders. So it was a good day for investors. But even with the gains of the last few days, it has been a rough year. And much of the reason that stocks have struggled is pretty easy to understand. It is inflation, higher prices hitting your wallet and impacting nearly everything from farming to fuel to used cars, even to French fries. Because while it is getting so expensive to fill up your gas tank, it is much bigger than that. And you are feeling it. and You are worried about it. We know that from a new survey by Pew Research. It shows that inflation is the number one worry for American households right now, by far, not just economically with 70% of you expressing concern about it, far more than even being worried about health care or crime. Look at that. We have not seen something like this in 40 years because we have not seen inflation like this in 40 years, which is also causing the Federal Reserve to react, raising interest rates and setting borrowing costs higher. It is in many ways a nervous time. So we are here in Davenport, Iowa, a local brew pub, to learn, to listen, and to tell some of the big economic stories happening right now. You're going to hear from the CEO of farm equipment maker CNH, the CEO of Travel Centers of America, as well as the largest barge company on the Mississippi, and the owner of a single-family restaurant just trying to stay in business. It is going to be a busy hour, so let's kick it off with some local voices in the heartland to find out how they are navigating runaway inflation right now. I'm more careful with what to buy. Before, I didn't even think twice about, oh, I get this butter, like premium one, but now I just go down a little bit. You know. I can see where it's hurting a lot of owner-operators right now. You know, 
it's, it's pretty tough on them. A lot of companies, small companies, five, ten trucks have been closing their doors because they just can't afford the cost of running anymore. I'm an over-the-road truck driver, and the fuel prices are just outrageous. So, and the grocery prices are skyrocketing. So as you just heard, truck drivers really feeling the pressure of higher fuel costs. These are the crucial men and women that keep our country running, literally, and they keep the goods on store shelves. One company with a pulse on all of this is Travel Centers of America, the nation's biggest publicly traded full-service truck stop chain. And let us bring in our first guest this hour. That is John Perchik. He is the CEO of TA. John, good to have you on the program. Uh, listen, it's a frustrating time. What are you seeing as the supplier of food and fuel and supplies for the men and women on the roads? What are you seeing around inflation right now? Well, hey, Brian, and thanks for having me. You know, in terms of inflation, our business breaks up into two main components, truckers trucking, and we see that through diesel volumes, and then motorists motoring, we see that through gasoline volumes. You know, on the, on the trucking side, truckers are still trucking. They're feeling the pinch, there's no question, but the activity is robust, and we're seeing it in our diesel gallons. The motorist side, motorists are being more cautious. I think they are first to react. But on the trucking side, we still continue to see activity across our business. We're seeing it in our C-store. Inflation is out there. There's no doubt about it, and it's affecting the motorists, I think, to a greater extent. But on the truck service business and just diesel volumes in general, we continue to see great activity. That's good news, John, because we need them on the road to literally keep the wheels of America and the American economy going. Do you think, John, in your experience, there is any kind of a a breaking point, a dollar value at which diesel costs will get so high that many truckers may simply pull off the road. You know, the, uh, like anything in life, I mean, there's a break point for anything. I don't know that we're there. It doesn't certainly doesn't feel like it in terms of the performance our biz- of our business and what we're seeing, you know. And so, I, of course, there's a break point for anything. We're just not seeing it. We're not seeing it at this point. Yeah, and of course, there's a lot of blame going around. We hear it, obviously, on the political side as well, John. A lot of concern about gouging. Let's just make it clear right now on how you guys and people like you run their business. You do not set, in most cases, the prices of diesel fuel enough that you would be able to gouge America's truckers, do you? Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to address that. Our business, and I mean this literally, we make sense on the dollar, on diesel, cents on the dollar. If we were to squeeze out every ounce of what we make in terms of pennies per gallon, that would not be noticeable or barely noticeable. We're talking pennies on the dollar in terms of what consumers are paying at four, five, six dollars. So that is something I appreciate the opportunity to address. It's really a supply issue and to some extent, uh, you know, government policy and perceptions around future government policy, in my you know, sort of humble opinion, are what's at play here. Well, let's talk about it, John, because there's real concerns about supply, particularly in the northeast of the United States. I know you've got a presence there, Pennsylvania, parts over that way. Number one, is there any real risk of pumps, diesel fuel, running dry this summer? And number two, we had some stories out today that maybe the Biden administration is looking to get some idled refineries running again. It's a hard business right now. Do you think we will? get more refineries up and running? You know, on, on the first point, I, we have not had outages at all. In the three years I've been running our company through this transformation, 
We've had three moments in time, a colonial pipeline, uh, Texas storms about a year and a half ago where we were having to ration. We've not had to do that. We have a great team. We have a lot of scale that gives us flexibility in terms of staying wet, meaning keeping keeping full supply so we don't have to ration. So thus far, we've been we've been doing we've been doing just fine on that front. You think we're going to get more refineries actually either either no either built or or reopened or opened, John? You know, I don't have any special insight into that. I would certainly hope so. That would address and allay and alleviate some of these concerns, both the reality and maybe more importantly, the perceptions related to supply and how people respond or react to that. So I'd certainly hope so. You know, you're also a grocery store in many ways, John. I mean, you supply food and and convenience store items and shampoo and toothpaste to the truckers. And by the way, families making cross-country trips. Do you see from your perch any sign of an impending recession? I wouldn't go that far to say an impending recession. We've had a great first quarter this year. Uh, We're really, frankly, this is a great timing for what you're doing here, Brian, because we're obviously in a couple days, we're going into the holiday weekend, Memorial Day weekend. And, you know, one perspective is we're going to see the summer motorists doing the Chevy Chase vacation kind of trip as an alternative, a cheaper alternative than, you know, flying by, by air, where costs have really gone through the roof as well. So, frankly, we'll see just what happens this summer in terms of the summer motorists. But we're pretty optimistic in terms of what, what we're about to see over this next weekend. And, you know, early signs in terms of our digital marketing campaigns and what have you and interest levels are pretty mm-hmm. high. So, so we'll, we'll see shortly. We're here to talk about inflation, John. Where you sit, buying everything you buy, whether it's food, whether it's fuel, whether it's, I don't know, chemicals, whatever it may be. Do you see any signs that inflation may have peaked? Look, I certainly hope so. We've been tracking inflation now since very, very carefully, month over month since last August, September. And you watch the CPI and and then the PPI increasing and increasing and increasing. Finally, there was a pinnacle moment uh, probably tied to Ukraine as we got into uh, uh, March and April. And I'm certainly uh, hopeful and maybe a little optimistic that at least we've seen the peak of it. It doesn't mean there wouldn't be a persistence at some level beneath that, which is still high. But I, I'm hopeful and maybe a little optimistic that we've seen the actual pinnacle and we'll see some alleviation as we get through into the summer. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people hope the same thing, John, that it's maybe an up and a down rather than an up and then it just stays high across the board. John Perchick, he is the CEO of Travel Centers of America. Ticker symbol is TA. John, thank you very much for joining us here on CNBC. Appreciate it. All right, we are just getting started on this CNBC special, Inflation USA. You're welcome. And we're going to be back in less time than it takes you to fill up your tank. Coming up, head down Main Street with Brian Sullivan as he visits a small business owner in the heart of the American economy. Plus, rolling on the river, answers to inflation on the open water. And we hear from a CEO with an industrial-sized challenge tonight on CNBC. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. 
NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back to our CNBC special, Inflation USA. Well, here we are in a local brew pub in Davenport, Iowa. And we may not have a whole lot in common, but one area we do have in common, we are all seeing and feeling the real-world impact of rising costs for food. The price of food rising again last month with a tab for wheat, coffee, corn, meat, all higher. Now, of course, some of this is a result of Putin's war in Ukraine, particularly hitting wheats grains and fertilizer costs. But it's not just that. It's also being caused by trucking, labor shortages, and even a bird flu outbreak. On an annual basis, the food index was up a whopping 9.4% from last year, one of the biggest year-over-year jumps we have ever seen. So we caught up with the local restaurant owner just across the river here in Rock Island, Illinois, who says the rising costs of food and labor is hurting his bottom line big time. I am having a hard time getting some of my items here. And one of the things that we're having a hard time getting, uh, I do serve a lot of sandwiches. And I just got noticed that our bread company will not be delivering our bread anymore because of the fuel costs. Will Clay opened the doors of Pee Wee's restaurant five years ago after his father passed away from cancer. And he says it's not just a spike in fuel costs hitting his bottom line. Our cooking oil price went up three times as much. And we thought that, wow, that's pretty unusual. What are we going to do now? And Will's been trying to battle the increased costs by going store to store, try to find lower prices for ingredients he needs to make everything from the shrimp po'boy to the homemade cornbread and fried chicken. But eventually, he had to make a tough call. We did have to make uh, just a not a drastic increase in price, but we did have to make an increase in some of our prices. Which has not gone unnoticed. I had a customer that came in yesterday, and he's the first customer that mentioned, wow, your prices went up. Another issue the Rock Island native is facing, the cost of labor. 
which is also in short supply. We're in a state now where our minimum wage also went up. So not only my food cost is going up, but my labor cost is going up as well. That's uh, one of the reasons why actually uh, my restaurant is uh, currently just a takeout restaurant because I cannot find enough help to open my restaurant and serve my customers the way that our customers are used to being handled here at Pee Wee's with a lot of love. And Will Clay opened up that restaurant in honor of his late father who passed away about five years ago, as you heard. And think about that. His cost for oil for the fryer has tripled, and he can't find workers. He would like to have a full-service restaurant, but cannot. What is not just the peewees of the world that are getting slammed in food? Even the biggest restaurant players are getting squeezed, and their stocks are getting smoked. Brinker, which owns Chili's, down more than 50% in the past year. you got Restaurant Brands, the parent company of... Tim Hortons and Burger King sinking about 25%, and Darden, of Olive Garden fame, down about 11%. In fact, most restaurant stocks are down pretty big. Our best to Will Clay and Pee Wee's. All right, on deck, maybe a riddle. What do a bar owner, a banker, and a realtor all have in common? Well, you're going to have to meet them to find out. Plus, check this out. Coming up after the break here on Inflation USA, we're here on the Mississippi River to talk about why this industry, barges, shipping, tugboats, that doesn't get any attention, is so critical to inflation and the entire supply chain of America. That's next. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX. Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, The ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And welcome back to the CNBC Special Hour, Inflation USA. We are here in the heartland. Davenport, Iowa, hard up against the mighty Mississippi River. It's like the Interstate 95 of the Midwest, with thousands of ships and barges hauling goods up and down its waters every day. One company that does just that is American Commercial Barge Lines. They move grains, petroleum, fertilizer, even cement and steel across more than 7,000 miles of U.S. inland waterways. Fuel alone accounts for up to 30% of their costs. Some of those tugs hold 10,000 gallons, and their fuel costs have doubled in a year. 
we caught up with CEO Mike Ellis to hear about how all of this is hitting one of the most critical aspects of the American supply chain. Just to give you an example, 25 to 30 percent of our cost to move a ton one mile is, is fuel. So our cost, you know, 25 to 30 percent of our, of our total cost has, has over doubled. Uh, so you can imagine what that does on, on for us to try to price that out to the market. And in addition, you know, with steel costs up so much, new builds are down, right? So the, the, the supply and demand of barges are tightening as well. But roughly 25 to 30 percent of our costs are fuel. So when they double, our costs have to go up. Whether they change tomorrow or a month from now or a year from now, they have to go up to reflect those costs. And it's not immediate to reduce it. If the price of diesel fuel went down by a quarter per gallon, your costs are still going to remain high, I assume, for a period of time. It doesn't change daily, does it? The cost of fuel may change daily, but we fuel up one of these vessels with, you know, 40, 50,000 gallons of diesel fuel. You know, you've now bought into that fuel, so it doesn't change. Even though the price of fuel changes daily, we don't. The, the contractual terms with our customers vary anywhere from a spot basis, which is daily, to monthly and sometimes quarterly adjustments for fuel. Is there anything worse than, in terms of inflation, than a jump in the price of diesel? It, it's hard to it's, it's hard to uh, find something that, that is worse, Brian. Did anybody, you or anybody in your industry, your customers, on this entire river? see this energy and fuel price spike coming? No, we didn't see it. I mean, not even the, not even the, the people who hedge fuel, the people who forecast futures for fuel saw anything rising as significantly as we saw this. Uh, and that's how we, we, we run our models based on what the futures are for, for fuel. Uh, and so no one saw this type of exponential doubling of fuel in such a short period of time. Now, Ellis said that even with this, moving goods on barges is still one of the most economically effective modes of transportation per mile, but also that every single business cost has been hit by inflation. Are you seeing the impact of what's happening over there here on the Mississippi River? Oh, absolutely. I mean, our whole, our whole import business and, and bringing it from, from you know, accumulating in New Orleans, if our customers had to change their, their supply source, right? They had to source it from somewhere else. And so they're going to Brazil, they're going all over the world to try to find substitutes, or they're using more scrap steel in the case of our steel mills, right? It has affected our business tremendously because it has it changed. It's not coming from the Ukraine and Russia. It's having to come from all over other parts of the world and other parts of our country. Well, if I were to pull a Tom Sawyer and get in a boat and head down this way, I would eventually hit your hometown of Red Stick, Baton yes, sir, Rouge, Baton Louisiana, Rouge, yeah, yeah. Garyville, all these big refineries. Oh, yes. They're some of your big customers. Absolutely. So it's not just grains, it's also refined products. So that refinery, I assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, they'll, they'll refine products that'll ship out or go someplace else in America, mm -hmm. but a lot of the chemical process will come to Absolutely. one of your barges and come up north. Absolutely. They move, they move on a, uh, our, our main line, right, which is our, you know, our big boats moving 44 barges. They'll come right here to, to, to St. Louis area, Cairo area. We call it a big interchange port. Mm. And they'll be, they'll, they'll be stationed here, uh, staged here, and then they'll move either, you know, up to Ohio, up to, you know, which is Pittsburgh, Chicago, uh, Illinois, yeah. and then St. Paul on the Upper Miss. So safe to say, Mike, that when, when you, or, or by the way, your competitors around here too, yeah. all great people, hardworking, uh -huh. yeah. making things work, when you get hit by 40, 50% cost increases, Every customer and consumer, end user, buyer at Walmart, whatever it may be, farmer, 
is going to feel it. They're going to feel it. It's just a matter of whether they feel it tomorrow, they feel it next month, next quarter, or next year. But they're going to feel it because we can't run this business by doubling our fuel, which is 25 or 30 percent of our business, and expect to eat that. Uh, so it's got to be passed on or we, or we just don't move, right? So, And if we don't move, America doesn't move. I'm happy to be here in my mom's hometown. Yeah. She, she grew up here as a kid. Yeah. Can you leave us a little optimism? I mean... It's a little you know, scary out there right now. Mike. It, it is scary, but but you know, um, I think from a standpoint of our, our nation has been a very resilient uh, nation, and, 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 and it's, when I say resilient, in terms of finding the right um, supply demand, I mean that's what we've done. It's how we built this country, right? Yeah. And so, whether it's a chip for an automobile, I have a feeling that we're going to have very smart industrial people in our country. We're going to rely more on Americans to produce what we consume in this country and less on the rest of the world. Well, big thanks to Mike Ellis and his whole team there down in St. Louis. And, you know, it's a world that we don't talk about very much, but we probably should because it is so important, not only to this area, the entire Mississippi, but really all of America in general. All right, thanks to Mike and his team. All right, up next on our special Inflation USA, we are going to go back to the markets and your money and getting you caught up on everything that happened on a very busy Oh, and by the way, very green market day. Plus, we'll talk more about why energy really is the everything story when it comes to inflation. Stick around. Went to Pennsylvania to Utah. Now we're going back north through Illinois to visit my daughter. Back home to Pennsylvania. I probably spent... $2,200 $2,200 on gas, which just 2020, it probably would have cost me maybe 1200 So that's my words. I have some choice words, but I'm not going to say them on camera. All right, welcome back to the CNBC special hour, Inflation USA. Hitting how higher prices are beginning to impact America's economy. And, of course, it all does start with energy. Because energy is not just a part of the economy. In many ways, energy is the economy. And that's a problem right now. Natural gas prices, they're up 200% in just one year. That is going to send electricity prices higher. But it is way more than just that. Natural gas is a key input into thousands of products you may not even realize. Everything from plastics to medicine and pharmaceuticals to cell phones, chemicals, cosmetics, house paint, even in some solar panels. So when Natty Gas goes up, it slams nearly everything. We're at the highest price in 14 years. Last time we had these prices, right as the economy began sinking after the housing bubble popped in 2008. So that is natural gas. Let's talk about gas gas. What you put in your car because it's nearly Memorial Day weekend, and the traffic is already starting to pile up, and so are your costs. This year's weekend commute is going to cost you about 50% more than last year. The average price of a gallon of gas right now is $4.59. Last year, it was just $3.03. Of course, if you're in California, you're laughing at us right now. You'd love to see $4.59. You're probably paying 6 or up. And these gas prices may be benefiting certain oil companies and refiners but they are taking their toll on so many stocks related to consumer spending. Look at these year-to-date drops. Rite Aid, it's down 62%. Bed Bath & Beyond lost 41%. 
Starbucks dealing with a double whammy and higher coffee prices down 36%. And even the giant and former market darling Amazon has lost 33% of investor value this year. What well, is not just, of course, gas and oil that are surging. Grains and farm commodities are also up in price. Corn, soybeans, and wheat all up big in the past year. Wheat especially hit because Ukraine, a major producer and exporter. And exposed to all of this globally is CNH Industrial. They are the parent company of Case and Case IH, tractors and bulldozers, with a huge presence right here in Davenport, Iowa, and around the world. Let us bring in Scott Wine. He is CEO of CNH Industry, and he joins us as a former CEO of Polaris. Scott, it's great to have you, even remotely. We appreciate you coming on. Um, you're in Ukraine. You are in Europe. You're in Latin America. You're in the United States. You have truly got a global view because inflation is a global phenomenon. What do you see from your perch right now? Well, Brian, I, I give you a lot of, first of all, thanks for having me on, but you were one of the early ones to see inflation rise, especially you called out the European energy crisis. And, and really, we do, we, we're very global. We've got about 37% of our revenue here in North America and 37% in Europe and the rest in South America and our Asia Pacific region. Um, you know, we see strong demand across the globe, but that's being offset by a very difficult supply chain. And when you put those two things together, it really does start to drive a lot of the inflationary uh, prices that we're seeing. And, you know, fortunately, uh, we're able to have a, a better, you know, for six quarters in a row, we've had price over cost. So it's a, a difficult environment. We're really proud of the way the team's handling it. But certainly I do not see uh, the situation with supply chain or inflation getting better uh, anytime soon. Well, I hate to hear that, but I do appreciate the compliment. I, you know, here's the thing, Scott. You, your tractors and, you know, the Puma series and everything else, they're made of metal and steel and aluminum. And I just don't know if most people, and why would they, by the way, understand the amount of energy, electricity, power it takes to make aluminum, to bend metal, to build the machines that you and so many others make. How much of your costs change just in really the last six months or so? You know, we've seen, you know, almost a billion dollars of additional costs come into our business in 2022. And, you know, you hit it right on the head. Um, our foundries, early after the invasion of Ukraine, many of our foundries in Europe said they were going to shut down and not operate. So, you know, we had to navigate and work with, you know, uh, their other customers to make sure that we were in agreement and, and being able to uh, to accept the, the additional charges. But foundries had such an increase in electricity costs they didn't believe they could possibly pass it on, so they just wanted to shut down. So that's how difficult it's been. Pig iron coming out of, you know, the Russia is, is more difficult to find now, and you know we've gone all over the world to find those things and bring them into our suppliers, so we have access. So it's a very difficult environment, but it does take a, a lot of uh, ingenuity, good critical thinking, and I'm extremely proud of the way the teams handled it. It's really, I I think there's a Unfortunately, the, the rest of the world doesn't celebrate Memorial Day, but everybody needs a little time off right now because they're working. Uh, got one of our plant uh, managers has, has taken one day off all year. That's not what we like to see, but it's, uh, it's the dedication that we appreciate. Yeah, uh, it's just, listen, just everybody, the last two years, really, Scott, everybody deserves about a month off. You know, I got schooled yesterday, right? I, I was speaking to some folks that own farms, and I thought, well, hell, all these commodity costs are up, so that means the farmers are going to be making more money. And I got quickly shut down, and deservedly so, and they said, no, 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 no. 
even though grain costs are up, the cost of fertilizer up more, the cost of interest rates, if you've borrowed money to buy your farm, is up more. In fact, it's going to be harder despite rising prices. So where does, where does CNH come into that? You know, how are you seeing your, your big farmer customers doing economically right now? Because commodity prices are up, but the cost of fertilizer has tripled. Yeah. The soft commodity prices are incredibly helpful. Corn, soybeans, all at, at near record levels. Um, so that certainly helps. You don't know what the forward prices of those are going to be. So I think the farmers are always a little bit anxious about you know committing too much. Uh, but what I will tell you, I think you were probably more right than you expect. We still expect farm incomes to be um, up slightly year over year. We believe that uh, with, with soft grain prices as well as they are, and some of the, you know, you ask what we can do. The precision tools that we offer farmers really allow them to use less fertilizer, use less input cost, which gives them better you know, overall income if they can manage it properly. There is uh, the weather. It was a late planting season throughout you know, much of the U.S. But remember, the U.S. is only about just a little bit less than 20 percent of the tillable acreage in the world. So really, when you think about bringing offline you know, Ukraine and, and Russia and some of the others, it, it does have more of an impact than sometimes we realize. So I think it's up to us and, and all of the other equipment manufacturers to, to navigate the supply chain, yep. get the equipment to the farmers so they can ultimately get uh, the grains to the producers you know, and out to the, the kitchen tables that you talk about all the time. You know, prior to taking this job, Scott, you were the CEO of Polaris, and we spoke with you often on CNBC. We appreciated it. And a few years ago, I came down to visit you at your Huntsville, Alabama facility, and we talked about higher costs then. I mean, I imagine they've gone way up. And you're not going to talk about Polaris now. I get it. You don't run it anymore. But we talked about tariffs at the time. And tariffs, particularly from China, they still exist. Nothing has changed. The administration has changed, but those tariffs still exist. From where you sit, you think those tariffs should be removed? No, I think the and you and I talked about it. I think the 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 design of tariffs to try to have a deterioration impact on China is probably the right thing to do because of the unfair trade practices. It is absolutely the wrong tool to do that. I was against it during the Trump administration. I'm against it now. Fortunately, it does not have the same impact on CNH Industrial, where we source is is much more global and not as dependent. Upon uh, China specifically, we're, you know, a lot of our equipment we make in the region where we sell it. Um, but really, tariffs need to go away. We've, in this inflationary environment, every tool we have to bring that down to make prices for consumers cheaper, we should take advantage of. And I think uh, decreasing tariffs now would be a great way to do that. And maybe you could leave us a little optimism because CNH, I mean, honestly, Scott, I'm trying to think of a more global company than you guys. Uh, you've got revenue Everywhere, you, you might have revenue in Antarctica, for all I know, maybe, but at least it's six continents, maybe not seven. You're, you're headquartered in London. You're technically based in the Netherlands. You trade here and in Italy as well. Um, do you see a global recession in the next 12 to 18 months? Well, you, you asked for something optimistic. And what I'll tell you is our order books are very strong. Um, the demand for our products is as good as we've seen it. And even our construction business is having, you know, really exceptional performance right now. We are planning for a recession in 2023. We, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but we're going to be prepared if it does. I think there's just too much lining up with, with China shutting down and, and talk about you know layoffs in their tech sector. 
Um, interest rates rising, yeah. you know, we had the Fed talking about 50 basis points several more times this year. So we're going to be prepared for it. We do think the, the ag cycle has probably got more legs in the overall economy with inventories being rather low. But uh, but we're not going to be surprised if, if recession does come in 23. There's, di- there's different kinds of recessions, Scott. Lots of short ones and there's long, deep, painful ones. I, I know it's hard to say exactly what type you might be predicting but if you had to say, would it be a couple years or more just sort of a short cycle one to tamp down inflation? Well, I, I think, you know, we had a really short cycle one uh, during the pandemic. But, you know, typically uh, with this kind of inflation, it's probably going to take a little bit of while to to get through uh, the economy. So I, I would I would imagine this is going to be more at least the the average is what, you know, 12 to 18 months. And I, I doubt we're going to get by with with much shorter than that. Uh, they really the. The Fed does not have the firepower that they used to have and the ability to go back to zero um, you know, rate in scenario uh, is, is kind of dangerous when inflation is running as hot as it is. So I think we've got to be, be mindful and careful about navigating forward, and that's what we're planning to do. Yep. Yeah, unless the Federal Reserve and Jay Powell can open up a new fertilizer plant in the next three months, I think you're right. I'm not exactly sure what kind of power they may have. Scott Wine, really appreciate you joining us here. CNH Industrial. Scott, thank you so much for your input. Brian, hope to see you soon. Thank All you. Right, well, CNH. All right, thank you very much. All right, CNH shares, by the way, rising today along with the macro markets. Despite all this talk about inflation, it was a good day. The Dow today up more than 500 points. The NASDAQ and tech stocks seeing the biggest boost, closing up about 2.7%. More than 40 S&P 500 companies today rising more than 5%, led by huge gains in Dollar Tree, Dollar General, and Norwegian Cruise Lines, of course, all consumer-related companies. So it's, it's actually been a pretty good few days and what has been a pretty lousy year for most stocks and investors. Even with today's gains, sorry to say the NASDAQ still down 25% in 2022. All right, coming up, we're going to switch gears and talk banks, regional banks, banks you may use right here in Davenport, Iowa. How are they seeing and feeling and dealing with the impact of inflation? That's next. Fertilizer costs are the negative, but the price of the commodities are up. But they're not enough. They're not up enough to offset the cost of the fertilizer. The inputs still outweigh the cost that the market's been up. Farmers are going to have a tough time. Correct. Very. It'll be very hard. All right, welcome back. Inflation is hitting people's wallets directly all around America. And many regional banks, banks that you may use, are seeing the impact of it. Quad City Bank is the largest community bank in this area. And we spoke with the CEO about how he has been able to measure the impact of inflation and what stage we may be at right now. If you look at it maybe on a continuum, what's happening right now is people are talking about inflation. They're probably even complaining about it when they're filling up their gas tank or they're going to the grocery store. But at this stage, it's talk. It isn't action yet on people pulling back. So I think we're still in that first stage. We saw a fairly big influx in deposits during the pandemic. Most of that was through PPP and it was also through the government stimulus. And we tracked that pretty closely. We are still seeing elevated deposits. So People are spending money, but they still have a fair amount of money in their uh, banking accounts. It's amazing to me the stories I hear in the real estate market. Uh, I always thought 
when you hear the stories about people spending more than the list price, that that was something that happened on the coasts. That's now happening here in the Quad Cities. That's probably been the biggest surprise to me. So he's talking about real estate. And speaking of real estate, the sector is also one of the more obvious areas around inflation with record sale prices along with record demand across the country. I mean, just try to buy a house in most markets. You better come with a lot of cash and be willing to forego any contingencies. We spoke with Chris Beeson. He's the president of Rule & Rule, which is the oldest real estate company west of the Mississippi last year. It was the firm's best year ever with $1.2 billion in sales. So we asked Chris about whether or not he has been feeling the impact of inflation on his real estate business. Inflation has certainly been uh, on top of everybody's mind, and it's been a big topic of conversation. Um, We're seeing it uh, impact uh, different businesses in different ways. People are are feeling it, um, but it hasn't significantly impacted uh, uh, our business uh, uh, just yet. There still seems to be a very strong demand for for homes, and that's keeping up and keeping things moving in the the housing industry. We're very fortunate in in the Midwest here to uh, be be lagging in some of the national trends. So still very strong. We still have really good demand, um, which is keeping prices up. Uh, we never had the uh, as much of a fluctuation as there was in, in some of the other uh, more populated areas and on the coast. So it's a little more slow and steady. Uh, we have uh, uh, certainly have a lot of the same uh, challenges that, that other parts of the country are having, but just not as severe. Uh, so we are um, very much a, a seller's market. We also asked Chris if home prices have gone up too far, too fast and what he hopes to see out of real estate. It needs to slow down. It's been artificially stimulated for a while, um, and it's going to be a great thing if we get back to 2018, 2019 numbers, which is much more normalized. And in the long, uh, in long term, that's going to be healthy for, for everyone involved. Now, it's not just the real estate market seeing record high prices. It's also all the stuff it takes to build a home as well. Home builders themselves have been seeing input prices skyrocketing. Lumber prices have gone up since the beginning of the year. And many of these stocks have gone in the opposite direction as rates rise. Lennar, DR Horton, Toll Brothers, and others all seen their stocks down 20 to 30% since January. Now that input squeeze, combined with the record demand that Chris just talked about, is pushing housing prices higher and higher and higher, hitting the average American family's pocket. In fact, Redfin found... The average monthly mortgage payment is now 43% higher than just one year ago, 43%. So we know, of course, you know, that inflation is a big economic issue. So maybe the bigger question right now is how long it's going to last. Well, we ask the true experts, and that is you. We're going to give you your answers coming up as we belly up to the bar and get ready to talk about what it's like to run a business like this right now. That's next. All right, welcome back. All hour long, we have been coming to you from the Front Street Brewery and Tap Room, a great restaurant and pub right here in Davenport, Iowa. And business has been good lately. Running a small business like this is not just about inflation. It's also about workers and wages and weird shortages of important products. 
So let's wrap up our hour with Tim Baldwin. He's the co-owner of Front Street Brewery here in Davenport. And first off, thanks for having us. We jammed up your place, and we appreciate you having CNBC here, Tim. Thanks for being here. Is there anything at all that's gone down in price in the last year or two? Nothing I can think of. Nothing. Give not, not one thing. thing any, nothing. Not a thing. No. T-shirts? No. <laughs> beer? No, certainly not beer. No. Food? No, certainly not food. How bad is it with inflation right now? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been tough. We've hung out as long as we could. Uh, May 1st, we had to finally increase the price of uh, a pint of beer. Uh, between trucking costs, the cost of grain... Uh, the cost of inputs, our labor cost, everything's gone up, and it finally forced us to raise the price of a pint of beer. And are your suppliers coming to you and say, hey, Tim, I'm sorry, man, i gotta, I got to raise the prices. Yeah, i got to raise the grains, the, the glasses, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, when it comes to the, the, the input cost for beer, they don't give us much notice. It's just, here's the next shipment, and this is what it's going to cost this time. You, you don't have yeah. a say? No, we really don't have a say when it comes to the beer production. Now, when we're talking about our restaurant and the foods that we source locally, we do work very closely with our local suppliers and negotiate those prices. So we're all in the same boat here locally. Do you have any wiggle room on prices? Yeah, we do. Yeah, especially with our local suppliers, particularly when we're talking about beef and chicken and proteins that are raised right here in the Quad Cities. Um, it's, a, it's a give and take because we, we both need to survive and get through this, this period of time. So what are, what are they, I mean, you know what's going on. You live here, but what are they telling you? Sorry, it's fertilizer costs. Yeah, fertilizer Sorry, costs. it's feed. Yeah. Sorry, it's trucking. All the above. Fertilizer D, costs. all the above. Yeah, all the above. Absolutely. So... Their input costs go up. Uh, that product they produce from us has to go up. It's got to break somewhere. What I'm worried about, though, Tim, I'm telling you, is like fertilizer prices spiked late last year. Yeah. Those crops are planted this spring. I don't know if food inflation has gone through the cycle yet because a lot of the stuff we're growing to eat is still growing. Right, right. Do you think it could get worse before it gets better? I think it could, and, you know, uh, we, we do the best we can to forecast that and prepare for it. We change our menu out twice a year. We're in the middle of that right now. Uh, we had probably a half a dozen items on that menu that had to be adjusted price-wise yep. or modify the product so we could reduce some of the costs. For example, our price of spring mix, our lettuce, uh, the spring mix has gotten out of hand, so we're modifying lettuce. lettuce. And we're, we're building our own salad now by taking some of the spring mix and adding in some spinach that's lower cost to reduce the overall cost and not have to increase the cost of the product to the customer. Listen, restaurants, obviously some of the toughest businesses in America to run, maybe, sure maybe the toughest on so many levels. Uh, but it's also like the most widely owned. So you run a successful business. And by the way, you're open now too, so don't give away too much. Uh, but for a lot of our viewers that are watching tonight that may be struggling in the restaurant business, like Pee Wee's, we talked to them in Rock Island uh, yesterday across the river. Got any advice for them? It's a tough time. You know, stick with it. Uh, get creative. Like what uh, you just did with the menu. Just like what we did had to do with the menu and, and modifying the product to, to still provide a high-quality product uh, and not have to price our, ourselves out of the market. Well, the price of transportation, I'm told, is going up. And cue the train, right? which I'm told is a discount on drinks it when is. the train yes. whistle goes off. <laughs> it's a discount on drinks. <laughs> That's actually what I'm told. So there you keep blowing that every time the train whistle goes. <laughs> So we're trying our best to, to, to downplay inflation, or at least that train is. And really just thanks again for having CNBC here in Davenport, Iowa, Front Street uh, Brewery and Taproom. I know you've got two locations, and I hope all of our viewers have to come here, support you and your team. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Brian. Well, thank you very much. All right, so before we wrap up our Inflation USA special, as the train chugs on by, let's take one more look at where the averages are right now after a Good day on Wall Street because futures 
they are trading. Of course, they are very thinly traded at this hour, but there is an early look at the action. We are seeing slight red across the board in what was a very, very good day. So um, we got a couple minutes left. Tim, can I trouble you for a little bit longer? Sure. I thought we were out of time. So did I. I thought we were out of time as well. Then they're like, hey, we got two minutes. You know what we call that? Show inflation. Show inflation. He's got the mic back on. So there we Yes, sir. There we go. Here's the thing. You get set. I want to do this Twitter poll because obviously we like to listen. To, that's why we're here. We like to listen to the people. And so went out and put out a Twitter poll about just how long inflation may last. And we didn't go to all the economic experts. We went to the expert experts and that is you. And that we asked, how long do you guys think that inflation will last? Is it going to be a couple of months, six to 12 months, longer than a year? Or is it going to jam us up into recession? There's your poll. So guess what? Maybe some good news here, sort of. 35% of you think inflation at this level will only last about six to 12 more months. Not that long. Okay? 33% of you said, eh. More than a year, you got 10.5% saying not long, probably because of recession, and 21% of you said a few more months. Honestly, I hope that first answer is the right one. So I'm going to poll you, Tim, put you on the spot. It's not a game show, don't worry. If you had to answer that poll from where you see as a business owner, how long do you think this, this crippling inflation may last? Well, I'd like to think it's, we're going to be over the hump uh, you know, after this growing season, say. Uh, maybe another 12 months. Um, I mean, that's kind of our expectation. Is that maybe it's going to go on for a little bit longer? It's possible. Okay. Yeah. We're hoping not. We're hoping not as well. Yeah. Tim, thank you very much. Yeah, Thanks thank for answering you. the Twitter poll, by the way, in person. And that's it for us tonight on our CNBC special, Inflation USA. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Hope you're doing well. The news with Shepard Smith begins right now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, No one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.